I'm Leslie Matheson, and uh, yeah, plugging things. Well, uh, I've just been working on a game with Heart Machine called uh, Hyperlight Breaker, and uh, I'm also part of USC's Amazing Games program, if anyone feels like going to college and learning about games. Hi, I'm Nathan Fouts. I'm Mommy's Best Games, and I bought a game company. It's an old game company. We have a, we're re-releasing one of their very old but brand new games called Bumpy Grumpy. It's all about arcade racing. You're still going with that story, huh? I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I am, but I thought it was funny. It's my side game. It's funny. It's a funny thing. Listen, I will stick with that joke for a long time. I don't (laughs) care if it makes money. That's my side game. So I have a secret game also in the works. So that's making money. Uh, And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, (laughs) the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Uh, and luckily, with this new guest change, we might bring up uh, Unity. Plot <laughs> <laughs> twist! It's not on the topic book, topic list, but how could it's it not come up? Surprise topic. This is also the first show that I've recorded in this new house. Don't get excited and not I didn't buy a house. It's, we're still renting. But um, I, I'm curious if people will be able to hear an acoustics change because I'm in a different room now. Dude, I would love that so much. If you have some really dedicated listeners that can detect detect that, that would rule. <laughs> I love those. Uh, we've we've got some some audio folks in the that's cool in in the Discord. Yeah, I, I challenge them to detect the difference. That would be awesome. I would love to know what the three D. I shouldn't have mentioned it. I should have just waited to see if they would Ooh. bring it up. And then they're just like calling you out on it. Did you move, Jim? That's what they'll say. It's kind of sounded like. <laughs> Did you record that from inside a toilet? <laughs> you do have fish in the background on Zoom, at least. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I should totally have. I should just pipe in bub- like fish tank bubbling noises into the whole show. It's an underwater filter on everything. That's right. We don't already get that from artifacting on recording. <laughs> we need extra distortion. <laughs> In case you were wondering, this is not a video podcast, so nobody can see you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> are, are we ready to start on some topics? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan, your topic is thinking of survival shows like Alone. Is wilderness survival a sport? I mean, the only thing with Alone is I think they need to establish a point system because they have a goal and they usually kind of gamify the goal and they tell you how long to last. Well, they don't tell you how long to last in every season, but... Um, Maybe if they, you know, give it some points or something, it could be a real sport. I don't know. Yeah. What are some things that happen in in that show? Like, what are events that you might assign a point value to? Oh, gosh. If you, I mean, maybe it's not a sport. Maybe it's a drinking drinking game. Do you, like, talk to the plants? Do you? Yeah. Well, it's you. So, like, a really easy Breath of the Wild system would be um, points for various animals and plants. And so when you. Wait, wait. You for, ki- for killing them. Yeah. Okay. When you kill right. a squirrel, when you kill a mouse, when you eat reindeer lichen, like mm, that's you definitely hit some point values there. Oh yeah, you should definitely get points for every calorie consumed. Oh, there you go. I would love to see a tally going on the I side. F- you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you should get points for uh, obscurity. Yes. Yeah. Points for like how likely it is that this mushroom is toxic based <laughs> on just how how it looks. Oh my gosh. You guys, like, they've hit all that. Leslie brings up a really awesome, like, aspect of that, which is um, the the show has a running um, pop-up video kind of thing where anytime somebody does something weird, it gives you text, you know, and facts. And obscurity would be such an awesome bonus points kind of thing. Yeah, style points. 
style points mm-hmm. at this point we're in like season 10 or something and you've got like these crazy super dedicated survival experts really you know they're just already living in the woods anyway and they're so into it that they're like into the history of it and a recent guy was like oh i'm eating my belt because so-and-so used to do this and sure enough pop-up video like goes and tells you what survival you know what i mean like what happened and why they would eat their belt and stuff like that okay do the contestants then do they talk to the camera crew is that what's happening no they must just edit it like mad afterwards they have they i mean true to their word it's like really alone they really don't have it they do have to give them all the video back and everything and all the recordings based on the show that i watched it seems like uh they do these um uh health checkups Mm-hmm. And so they do see them occasionally every couple, you know, weeks or something so like that. So the cameras are just like emplaced. No, the people have to deal with it. It's part of the um, annoyance of the show. It's really insane. It's just like this other level of insanity that they've added to a very, very difficult survival situation. Huh. Is you have to mess with your own cameras. Oh, I and see. And it really impacts impacts the survivalists. You know. Right. Yeah that that sounds like a big pain. Like if no one saw it, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Right. They do that too. Like it'll be off camera and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys. And then they'll like hold up the thing or they'll say they missed it or something like that. Occasionally. Usually they're amazingly, they they capture all this stuff. But a guy on like the last season we just finished, um, he ate his belt. And I think they, they should have mentioned this. Um, I'm convinced his belt was uh, tanned. or Made of beef jerky. <laughs> he wishes <laughs> it had like um tanning or something in it because he said it's the worst thing i've ever tasted and bear that in mind for, for a moment and secondly <laughs> it it said the flavor would not leave his mouth like it's some sort of chemical or something like that right. but i bet somebody from the 1800s just has a strip of leather around their belt right like right. little yeah. cow skin right just because you read about someone doing this like a hundred years ago or more doesn't mean you can actually do it now right and and like if you bought it from jc penny they yeah. probably you know what i mean they probably tanned yeah. it a certain way but if your dad tanned it 1800 years ago or whatever you know what i mean it's probably just literally like cow skin mm-hmm. so anyway um the style points would be awesome but um i don't know i'm, I'm also playing a lot of zelda right now like tears of the kingdom so you know i could totally see squirrel you know the, uh, the a lot of grouse, mm-hmm. like a lot of birds and different ones. They they they're allowed to kill martins certain ways, but they can't um, trap them. I think, and it all depends on the region and stuff. So you could get po- you know points for that. But um, yeah. Oh, okay. So here here's some points. Fishing, but if you fish with a gill net, which is passive, you got to get like ten percent of the points. That's not nearly as cool. Like if you actually reel mm-hmm. in the fish, you know what I mean. Like way more points. So what about like, are these people naked? Do they have to like find their own clothing? Good lands. That's another show. No, <laughs> that's another. That's naked and afraid. Okay. Which I've not watched as, that much. Uh, I mean, like what, what is wilderness survival? If you, you can bring gear into the wilderness, like what is even the point? They, you know, one guy actually, Um, I hadn't heard this before after watching several seasons. One guy referred to the show as a, um, a starving contest. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So they go into the wild and and like things are hunky dory for any like serious um, survival person until fall through fall. And then there's literal there's like a literal cold snap the next day, ice, snow, all the animals hibernate. Good luck. And now everyone just starves themselves out until someone finally, you know, can't handle it anymore. Right. Who could last the longest? Yeah. How how did humans live like before agriculture? 
Like, well, they didn't live in the frozen north. Oh, right. That's the problem. Yes. The okay. show, yep. Yep. The, the alone show is so. There we go. They've been through so many seasons. They've done this show in other places, and they've had to put game game like restrictions on it. Right. Because they're pretty dang good. People are pretty dang good at living places. They literally put them in the uh, Saskatchewan. Right. And it's like nothing wants to live there. Right. No, you just get up and leave before. <laughs> yes. yes. The animals are like. Man, look at these stupid humans staying here. You know what I mean? And then they just go south because it's awful, you know? And the poor humans that are trying to do this stupid show, they're like, uh, I can't catch any fish because the fish are frozen down deep underwater or, you know, or whatever. Right. And I can't catch any animals because they've all left and the birds have flown away. <laughs> they yeah. can't track anything. You need to like, first you need to find a salt mine <laughs> and mine enough salt that you can preserve, you know, you kill a moose or something. Exactly, and and you preserve it with the salt, and then you can eat all winter. I've solved You've it. Solved it. Like I, I, I would be hella good at this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's guys that I mean. Okay, so this is a funny kind of like in my mind, like a golf game kind of thing. People show up now to the show for real, fifty to eighty pounds heavier than their normal average weight. That was the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, are they, yeah. Just, are they only booking like thin, attractive people? Is that what's happening? <laughs> One of the guys just said, I'm not doing it. I didn't gain any weight for the show. It's not a starving contest. And several other people who did better than him put on 50 to more pounds and yeah. they're not dumb. That feels unfair. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Like a golf handicap. You're just like, yeah, like your point value goes down. If you start the show, like by your weight or something. It feels very sport like. And then I told the, I was t- talking to my family and I just thought, like, what it, I just naturally gravitate towards games. And what if we could watch a survival show live and then like pay money, text things, and get things to influence the active, active show? Yeah. So you could get drones that could drop off things. You know what I mean? You could put money towards things and people fight over it in the chat and they decide what to happen and yeah. kind of like, you know, Twitch. But for real people, I, I'm surprised. Like this was this idea was in Hunger Games. At yeah, least. I was about to say exactly they, they would get yeah. drops, the tributes, yeah. based on popularity. Oh, I guess I guess the reason it doesn't happen is that all these shows are edited and they have to go through a process. Um, and they, they I think they air like months after they're recorded, so that would be why it's not live. It's a lot of videos, so you wouldn't want to. Yeah. yeah, it's good that it's edited. You could do essentially updates through a website, just sort of mm-hmm. like. Like if you have some clips of the you person, it's like a live webcam of, of right. yeah, and a summary, like they're struggling with this right now or whatever. And, and people could just kind of, oh, and then it gets folded into the, the eventual edited show. You mean? Right. So oh, like sure, they're yeah. just looking at the cool. website and they're interacting based on the, what they're seeing on the website. And then they do drops and stuff. And then eventually people can watch the end result show with all the drops and things in it. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I remember hearing about a show. This was like at least 20 years ago in Japan about a guy who was he was locked in a room and all he had were magazines and he could send in like any 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 offer for free stuff in the magazine. He could send in and get it. And that was how he had to survive. That's great. And there was a webcam. They, They apparently paid someone to in real time, like move the the blur over his penis because he was naked in there. Of course. 24-7, someone had to be doing that. That's a job. Yeah. yeah. It, make, it makes it, I always think of the Flintstones with like the pterodactyl, and he's like, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. I was thinking about the, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the Pez Bandit documentary. It's about this 
guy. I did guy. see that. Yeah. But then remember, he starts out by sending away for free things. And he's like the reason why cereal boxes and stuff had to add the one household limit because he, he would just exploit it and get like hundreds or thousands of little yeah. kazoos or whatever that the, the company was giving away. He's the reason. That's funny. Yeah, he would go to dumpsters and like just or dumps and, and pick up piles of cereal boxes and then take them back to cut out their UPCs to send in. So why do they care, though? Like if this guy's going to dumpsters, you know what I mean? And the family could have gotten it, but he's getting it instead. Yeah, but they're gambling on the fact that only a certain number of people are going to do it. Right. Like who's uh, actually so like money you're going to want to buy more of their cereal to get the UPCs, but only a certain number of people are going to actually collect enough and send they're going to follow through. Right. Yeah. So the cost of the kazoo or whatever, it's okay because it's deprecated across a lot of people who don't send in stuff. But if he goes ahead and just like sends away for thousands of them, then suddenly. I just searched for this guy and it says he was hunted down with his own gun. So apparently <laughs> this is a, this is a dramatic story. It's a good movie. I, I watched the documentary. Yeah, it's dramatic. Riveting and ridiculous that it was riveting. People following him. Yeah. Yeah. He he sounded like he was um, uh, paranoid, but he, he turned out he was pretty. It was pretty true. Right, right. <laughs> Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't actually following you. <laughs> There's a that's another good shirt. I'm pretty sure there was also a Netflix documentary about the guy who tried to redeem Pepsi tokens for the fighter jet. I haven't seen that. Oh, I've seen about half yeah. of it. I saw about half of it, and then oh, I can't remember why we stopped. That's funny. I wanted to see the rest. Yeah, that felt a little more like weird because it, like he was funded by a rich guy who just wanted to see if he could get away with it oh sure you know not as genuine then yeah exactly pez guy didn't have anything he just Pez guy was <laughs> amazing he was super into pez <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> when i say it like that it sounds weird <laughs> i know a guy who speaking of like gaming weird contests you know how you would sometimes get prizes on the like on the inside of a soda cap Mm-hmm. He was he was able to find the angle where you would look into the bottle to like he would like be able to tilt the bottle. Oh, such that oh, he was able to see that's talent. What was printed on it? That's cool. I don't think it ever. I don't think he ever did it at, at enough volume to like make them change the contest. But he did get a free soda every time. <laughs> that's really cool. And then probably he got you know liver failure. Um, so <laughs> jokes on him. <laughs> I like the concept of setting up a serious kind of factory slash system for gaming these things. Like I can imagine. Oh yeah. That was just a boiler room full of people tilting the soda <laughs> bottle. Or you take, you, you get an old um, uh, bottle factory with all the equipment. And then you have like a scanner from underneath that's taking camera pictures. And then you yeah. read that through a visualizer, you know what I mean? To like process the image and know what the prize is. Yeah, that's great. That's good stuff. I think it's why, I mean, you see less of those offers these days. Yeah. It's not as many as there yeah. used to be. That's probably why. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I just assumed everything was like, I keep wanting to say it's going to be the iTunes download code, but that even that joke is like 10 years old. <laughs> but they are often like codes. And then the cereal boxes are just sad. Like Here's an app QR code <laughs> yeah. for a free app you can get. Right, exactly. You can download our free app where you can actually see Tony the Tiger like yeah. jumping. and. I like the idea um, that the cereal box mascots are now drawn sad. They're just like weary. <laughs> 
<laughs> and go look at the cereal boxes and and at the yeah. backs because they look like the guys designing them are still like in the 1980s like they <laughs> when they draw like can you win this video game they draw it like a donkey kong level or something yeah. they don't draw it like a modern <laughs> oh, video I'm, game i'm sure yeah, i always like... think my kids are gonna look at it and go what is this yeah. like what? <laughs> they're so far removed all the kids nowadays they eat their cereal on spotify anyway so. <laughs> yeah. oh, don't get me started on the news report about video games every single one has to go video games you may have heard of them, but tonight we investigate. <laughs> Those are the kind of, that's how they're still drawing. Let the games begin. Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh, they're so, it's so funny how old they are. Are we ready for another topic? Yes, yeah. Uh, Leslie, your topic is regional differences in the tone and caliber of next door posts. Okay, that was an interesting way that that court rewrote what I said, but um, it's a... Okay. Uh, Okay, so I live in, like at the edge of Topanga, which if you live in Los Angeles, you know that that's like sort of an area. Then the 60s, like a bunch of hippies went, let's go live in a canyon somewhere and did for a long time. And then the city grew and, you know, of course, it, real estate is expensive everywhere. So now it's inhabited mostly by like actors who wish they were hippies. Right. But <laughs> it's still got that tone to it. And it's interesting because like I'm right on the edge between kind of where it goes into like Woodland Hills, which is L.A. City and, and Topanga. But the posts are radically different between the two areas, even though they're like literally a couple minutes from each other. So if I look at the Topanga posts, they're just much more mellow. Like most people, you know, they always talk about Dexter posts because they're just a I mean, that's a font of paranoia, right? Like someone <laughs> walked down my street, they must be trying to murder and rob me. Right. Like that's that's how they all are. Someone knocked on my door. I, I should get a camera. <laughs> but Topanga has had posts like literally one thread was I saw a guy peering in my windows and there was a flame war and the flame war was between the people who were like, you know, it's not cool to peer like in people's windows. And the other half was, no, man, it's fine. That was like Jim. He was he was probably checking out your remodel. It's cool. <laughs> wow. Like that was the level of arguments. Wow they have there or other posts i've seen are like i i found a baby goat in my yard what do i do and one of the top responses was you need to call the goat goddess and then one of the early posts <laughs> actually was from the goat goddess who was like i'm actually the goat goddess okay. i've got this right like that's closure i like that yeah and and i have to say like it makes me a lot happier about my neighborhood and living than than seeing the usual next door posts i see from Woodland Hills, which are mostly like, why can't we take all the homeless and bust them into the desert and leave them there? Which right, it's just <laughs> this horrible stuff. But I think it's just kind of interesting that they can differ so radically. And they're close physically, right? Yeah. And they're close physically, right? I wonder if it's like a zoning thing somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's no, I mean, one is county, one city, but that doesn't really, I don't know. It's just, I think if you, it comes down to attitude. Yeah. Like everyone wants to say next door can be the same everywhere. It's mm. people always turn horrible and hateful, but I don't know. Sometimes they talk about like goat goddesses. I've never looked at next door just because of its reputation, but maybe I should. Maybe, maybe this new neighborhood is awesome. Yeah, it might be, or it might be horrible. And you might be like, well, that, you know, has destroyed any remaining shred of faith I had in humanity. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's great that there's 
so much cultural difference. I mean, I say I would say cultural, yeah, because I think you've got little microcultures going on there, and I think you've got like it just filtered itself out. Like the people that want to live in Topanga, right? Even though it's so close, are just a certain way, you know, you know, or and maybe there's a big money difference. I don't know, but even with the money involved, it's amazing that you get that vibe from Topanga and not from Woodland Hills or wherever else. Well, is there a way that sites like Nextdoor could be encouraging microcultures more than the kind of usual, like paranoia? And <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to go and say something kind of bad. But I'll just say that the bad thing is I'm impressed by YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. Whatever YouTube did several years ago, to, I don't know how they do it, but somehow they're populating positive comments to the top of videos. And and it's not usually they're not as clickbaity and like as negative because like the easiest way to get in engagement is through outrage. Right. <laughs> and somehow those are very rarely at the top of even video game posts that I read, like video game, you know, which should be like volatile and crazy. Yeah, I was going to say all video game comments are outrage. They should be bad. And and like these are a bunch of retro stuff. And, and I just see people like just having good memories and talking about good things. So do you think that's a YouTube thing or do you think it's the topic? Like people who tend to post about retro stuff. Pretty confident it's a YouTube technology thing. <laughs> Maybe it's curated by the uh, the video owner. That would be interesting. Like it would make more sense because I don't know how from a tech standpoint you manage to process all that and then make sense of the tone of everybody's comments. Yeah. But I, I feel like I remember five to 10 years ago, they tried to make it better. Because you remember how, you know, I think it's still common to say, don't read the comments. Yeah. But honestly, on YouTube, it's gotten better. Um, Like even on things where I'm just like, oh, they're going to just rip this guy. And not just on a retro video you know, game kind of thing. They'll just um, arbitrate and I'll look and they'll be surprisingly positive. You know, so maybe if they had that technology on next door, it could like bubble up the more positive responses. I think it's a good idea, right? Because the more sort of positive stuff you see. Do you, do you yeah. think there are enough people yeah. posting in, in Nextdoor to, mm. for that to work? That's a good point. Oh, there's a ton of people posting Nextdoor. Like, it's amazing how much how much time people have on their hands to, like, post about very, very petty things. It's divided <laughs> up by region, right? It's like people who are close to you. But it's it people are close to you. But I guess it sort of depends where you are, like, in L.A., if you when you use it just as square miles, yeah, it's a lot of people. So you know, I get a fairly broad. Okay, and maybe they could still maybe they could hide negative comments, and you have to click to un to reveal it. Right. If it's like you know immediately suspicious or negative comments, maybe you have to do something like that. And so they only kind of bubble up the more positive ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that one extra step. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. So, so there a lot of those sites now, like social media, like Facebook and YouTube, they have to have something in there because I've noticed they're dealing with hate speech. Yeah. So it's almost like just a pivot away from there to get to like negative comments versus hate speech. Right. Um. So, so I feel like you could make it more positive, like through technology, which is always funny to me that doesn't it always feel like we're always trying to use technology to steer people away from just what they want to do? <laughs> that's true <laughs> they just tend to they just want to be mean just like, like and humans like are terrible to, i guess <laughs> but that can be wonderful too that yeah, can be wonderful. yeah but it does feel like a lot, of, a lot of technology time is spent trying to make them not be terrible it's sort of like what we're you're talking about about kids it's like technology guiding them until yeah. they're capable of 
of uh, controlling themselves appropriately. Right. Yeah. It's a very powerful thing. Not to spin off on a whole nother, another topic, Jim, but oh, please, I mean, raising kids, am I right? Um, you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I recently got into a thing with the, with my children who are two boys, 12 and 16. And it's just like hands up in the air kind of motion from my wife and myself as parents when kids today have access to more information than you and I, mm -hmm. we all did as children. If you consider knowledge is power, which I think you could say that, you can make the mm -hmm. argument more knowledge is more power. They have more power than we did. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways our parents handled us was to limit our information, <laughs> if you think about it. Right. And so, so for instance, if you kind of try to dismiss some request from your kid, um, I want to go there or I want to buy this, then you just kind of go, no, it's too far. It's too expensive. Well, they're, right. you know what? It's only an hour and a half away. And it looks like they got it in stock and it's available now. <clears throat> and I talked to Tim, he's ready to sell it. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like, well, uh, I kind of took yeah. a couple of my options off the table there in terms of bargaining this out of the, you know. You're going to have to tell you why I actually don't want to buy it. Right, basically, exactly. I didn't want to get to that point. Right. And then you're in an <laughs> argument, right? Like exactly. But again, it's it's just amazing um, how much power that by just saying, oh, well, all the other kids in our school have a phone. What am I, a terrible parent? Yes, I should give them a phone so that they can quote, contact me if there's a problem, I've now seeded all this information to them and all this incredible power into their hands. <laughs> you should have gotten the beeper. See, I found my kids, yeah. they have access to information, but then they use it in, in odd ways. Like they're very creative, but their levels of creativity are on this much more sort of meta postmodern level that like <laughs> when I was a kid, like I would, I would be like, oh, you know, it'd be fun to write about, I'll write a story about this guy with a sword and he's fighting a dragon. He's a hero, right? Yeah. They just, it's like inception with them. Like they have so many <laughs> levels, like, like they started reading a book series about these cats and they all fight each other and talk to each other and they all have dramatic names. That's an actual book series. Then they realized the people write fan fiction about this cat book series. Then they realized that people write bad fan fiction about this cat book series. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they started writing a parody of the bad fan fiction of the cat book series. And then that universe took on its own internal consistency. So it's its own thing in its own world now. And they've built Minecraft worlds around this and they've they've written like chapters and chapters of books on this it but it's like three levels removed they aren't just writing about the cats anymore right right <laughs> like because it's all this weird parody of the bad fan fiction so the cats like in their world have this sort of you know tyrant cat father and his sort of spoiled daughter that he's kidnapped from somewhere and like the tyrant father's not named court right no 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 because <laughs> then we could like try to make sense of why they went this crazy out the, no, they're super creative then sounds yeah like. but everything they do it's like it's like that it's like four levels deep because they they take inspiration from things that they're seeing and they have access to so much more and then when I try to show them, you know, my stuff that I loved as a kid, like, I think they find it too simple almost. They're like, quaint. They're like, oh, that's nice. I don't really <laughs> yeah, want to. Yeah, you drew a circle, mom. Good job. That's, yeah. yeah, good, good job. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the ball. You can yeah. bounce it. Yeah. <laughs> you know how, like, 
people are just better at playing guitar now. Yeah. Are they? I, I don't know. They learned by listening to, you know, the people from 20 years ago who learned. It makes from... me think of pixel art, but yeah, like I think there's a lot better pixel artists mm-hmm. now or a lot more good pixel artists because there's mm-hmm. so much. I think programmers are better now too, like yeah. than they were 20 years ago or 20 years before that. And I wonder if it's the same thing for like reading comprehension or just, I don't, cool. I don't know, mm-hmm. or, or, or it could just be fashion. It could be that jokes are just way better now than they were 50 years ago, or it could be just that like those ones just seem worse because they're old fashioned because they're out of fashion. Well, you know, it's fine. Like Nathan, I don't know if you've encountered this, but my kids will mention that kids at their school are considered uncool if they're using old memes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh, those memes are from like a couple of years ago. No yeah, one uses that pull, meme anymore. Right? I can't pull any memes on my kids. No, yeah. they're just like, no. Yeah, and that's like that's, just... A... I can has cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> they're even from like, my kids were like, oh, yeah, there's this kid in our class and, you know, he has trouble because he's still using Among Us memes and no one uses Among Us memes anymore. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll curate like one funny picture a week off of social media and then I'll share it with my kids and my 16 year old will come up from behind it and look at it and he'll laugh and he'll be like good job dad <laughs> <That's bad. Yeah. laughs> he's like that was pretty funny <laughs> like meanwhile he's like looked at hundreds and hundreds it's you know a good I mean? like, thing you're making games for people your own age <laughs> that's that's the only people I can relate to man <laughs> yeah Leslie I will say that the weird inception humor and world building that the kids do what if it's um uh pattern after that tiktok kind of style of looking at a video reaction videos and then they'll mm-hmm. they'll have a reaction of that and then they'll have a reaction of that and, and it'll kind of like build off of that really deep mm-hmm. and you get these weird fractal like oh, that's interesting you, you've seen those like the, yeah. it's almost yeah, like I've these fractals those. of videos yeah and it's almost like like something maybe your kids are making content making media making creativity in a social media way you know what i mean like just like expecting that sort of thing this is how art used to happen before copyright locked everything down and and like all the art you saw was created for like to be sold under copyright law like people would just make modifications of of songs that they had heard and sing their own version and then people would would evolve it would evolve from there yeah so I, I think this is fantastic. Like, and we've talked about this before too, but like on the show, I mean, not, not you and me, uh, but the idea of like, definitely seeing people worrying about like machine learning, just taking over the commercial art space. And if that happens, like, yes, artists are going to be like, labor is going to get fucked either way. Uh, but humans will make art because humans are wired to make art. And I think if we can free ourselves from, trying to make art for a living that's only for the better mm-hmm. yeah. well as long as there are better alternatives as long as we yeah no it's gonna <laughs> like this is predicated on like eventually realizing like oh we should uh, have some basic income or something like that yeah. as well right if you're doing things purely to be creative i yeah. think about i don't know if you guys have read the ian banks culture books a little bit they're yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. yeah but they're 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 definitely i like them because you know they're it's easier to write i think a dystopian book and these are books actually in a more idealized society humans don't need these things mm-hmm. you know they can do what they feel like doing because they don't have to mm. worry about how to live and yeah you know they could they can spend that time in all sorts of ways right they can choose to do these things but i'm i don't know the machine learning stuff it, I mean, right. The current stuff is is 
like not quite good enough, right? Like anyone who's in a profession no, agreed. goes, a writer looks at machine learning written thing and goes, this breeds badly. An artist looks at machine learning art piece and goes, this looks poor. It's only like the executives who are like, ooh, that's good enough. <laughs> like, you know, and I don't have to pay someone. Right. But the thing is, is that like the machine learning stuff trained off all these people who did exist but now they're drowning them out and now they have the problem yeah. of it being recursive and training off itself can it get any better when it's when it is the dominant voice in the ecosystem yeah, yeah. i'm perfectly fine with 10 fingers on a hand i don't know about you guys like for my art <laughs> i don't even need that many <laughs> when you have something like, against like mickey like yeah <laughs> are we uh are we ready for another topic sure my topic is pastry arbitrage so I was talking to my mom about, she lived across the hall a few years ago from somebody who apparently, and this was in like the Bay Area. So he like he was making a decent living doing this. Apparently his job was that he would every Saturday buy a bunch of pastries from a bakery and take them to a farmer's market and sell them. Mm -hmm. Where he could charge them a lot. Right. And he just made a living doing this. And I, there was definitely an implicit like an Im 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 implicit like aspect of if you're at a farmer's market selling your thing, like it is your homemade thing that you mm -hmm. handcrafted. But I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever lied to people. <laughs> I don't think he like, I, for all I know, he like the, the bakery logo was still on the packages, <laughs> but I think that's awful. Yeah. I, I mean, like, so for context, my parents um, are farmers and they do work at farmer's markets. Like, we really take our food to farmer's markets. Yeah. And there's a couple of jerks that do that thing. Yeah. Where do they get their stuff? I don't know, man. Like they show up with tomatoes. They look like they were genetically manufactured or something. It's ridiculous. Look you like, think like they just went to the grocery store yes, and then. Yes. <laughs> it's stupid. And you're just like, oh, man, that's so clever. I mean, isn't it on the, the, the people who run the farmer's market to enforce that? I mean, if they want to yeah. maintain a level of quality and authenticity. And so what happens is you get into this very <clears throat> entertaining, low key politics that's just you you would just die to hear all the conversations around the dinner table because so and so runs the farmers market and he said he talked to them and they swear up and down that those tomatoes are from their farm <laughs> and you just walk over and you're like mhm mm i bet they are <laughs> they look a lot like tomatoes that grow on a normal farm i'm sure <laughs> yeah and so that's it that's you know what i mean like like so and so that runs the farmers market he tried and he couldn't do anything about it and meanwhile we're just sitting there and it's just like it's like just having, you know, the public's supermarket just rolls up with a truck and then opens up in a little keep tent and people are selling directly out of it. And it's like, I mean, I guess, sure. Now we're getting into like merit meritocracies or something like are my tomatoes better than your tomatoes? I don't, you know, like, but his look like the kind of styrofoam style, disgusting tomatoes from the store, even though they look perfect. Well, that's because, I mean, I, I guess I'd argue people are not sometimes not all people but some people are not actually buying the tomatoes right like what they're buying is this illusion in their head that like this is like oh this came from a farm this 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 is yeah, something they're, they're this is this like experience the... and this yes. this vibe they're buying the vibe not the they're, product they're buying like the imprimatur of being at a farmer's market <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> I mean, there's because the, there's tons of farmers markets in LA, right? And I'm sure with the, with the imprimatur over the you know the you have to walk underneath that gym when you go into the <laughs> farmers market. <laughs> so that we are all under the same agreement, the same implicit yeah. agreement, yeah, but yeah. it's explicit now. It's written out and it's in Latin too. Yeah. Maybe what angers me, if we really get to the heart of it, is that anyone would fall for that kind of baloney of these obviously well, most people most people aren't farmers like most people probably can't tell and, and this is probably what angers me this is why i'm actually angry that the one tomato <laughs> group gets to do it and that your pastry guy gets to do it you right. know what i mean like they care because they're going to the farmer's market and not to the grocery store but like i think it makes sense for people to delegate that sort of like okay someone else tell me if these tomatoes are good i think the people are right i think they're just like look wasn't it enough I went to a farmer's market, like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and in some ways I'll go back to what Leslie said, which is, Hey, the guy that runs the place should be controlling this better and not just believe this numbskull that says, Oh yeah, my tomatoes are real or these pastries. What if I said to you, I'll sell you a vacation. And in this vacation, you get to go on an authentic archeological dig. And you're going to have the experience of being on a real dig and at a dig site and, and digging up, you know, real actual ancient artifacts but then actually i plant a bunch of stuff in the desert <laughs> and i take a bunch of tours out there i charge them a lot of money to dig up some random stuff that i buried in the desert right they're out there because they bought this experience but they don't know enough to know that and i'm cheating them like by, by because someone could sue me for fraud at that point but they can't sue the tomato guy in this scenario is there an actual archaeologist offering this service like you can really come to my real dig and really dig things up you mean as an alternative to the one that leslie's selling as an or? alternative to the fraud archaeologist yeah like is, is is that guy does that guy exist in this scenario yeah let's say he does does that change it i think it does because at that point you're not just you're not just defrauding your customers. You are harming the the legitimate business. Okay. Well, I'll just do you one better. Here's a real world example. There's uh, another farm nearby, um, like 20, 30 minutes away. And they have, in, coming up soon in the fall, they will let you pick your pumpkins. But the pumpkins that you pick are in a barren field that they've harvested from a real field. And then they set the pumpkins out in a field. And then okay. they say, come pick pumpkins from the pumpkin field. But by pick, they mean select. Select pumpkins. Yes. By that, by pick, suddenly English gets really complicated. <laughs> and we, in court, they're like, well, your honor, we said pick as in select, not harvest. <laughs> <laughs> so we get mad about that farm, too. That's yeah, a whole different farm. So we're just like, come on. The pumpkins are just sitting there. You're not picking the pumpkins. I, I presume that, like, when you when you pluck a pumpkin off the vine, is it a vine? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a vine. I, I presume it's there's, It's difficult, like... by the way. You actually want to wear gloves because some pumpkins are so nasty. They have little spines all yeah. over them, really big ones. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a whole... You talk about an experience. That would be a real experience. Yeah. Getting getting spines in your hand would be the authentic. It kind of hurts. Like you know, you, my dad's hands are tough enough that he doesn't wear gloves. But I'm such a I'm on the computer. So when I was living there, yeah. I would not wear gloves. But nowadays, but now I'm like, now imagine I'm the mom who's driven out from the city with my little <laughs> toddlers to have an authentic pumpkin patch experience, and my toddler yeah. child grabs the pumpkin, the spine with the spines, and is wailing. Right? Like I don't want an authentic experience. I want my toddlers to think that it's an authentic experience. So maybe we've settled into the right position, which is the quasi-authentic experience. That's you know? right. It's whatever works in your mind, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, you just need some sort of paste to like make it so that the pumpkin is kind of hard to pick up. That's right. It's Velcroed. It's yeah. Velcroed to a vine. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe we just need to figure out how to genetically engineer pumpkins that just naturally snap off with no spines. Yeah. yeah naturally yeah. snap off. That'd be awesome. So I think we just decided pastry guy is terrible. I think that was the conclusion. I'm so glad <laughs> I had this conversation with you on Nathan because I like I did not expect to have a perspective on this. I like a, I, like a like a firsthand perspective on this sort of thing. I'm trying to reel in my emotions, man. Like the emotions run deep on this. Yeah, was was this a lot? Was this too much? Well, it it really conjured up some some fundamental questions because, like, at okay, I started thinking at our farmers market. We also sell bottled water <laughs> and that bottled water we bought from somewhere else. So what makes that any different? It's, it's, presumably it has the logo on it. It's like True. in it's in plastic. Nobody is. You're right. That's that's it. It's the it's the it's what is implied. It's what's understood. Everyone like any any rational person would look at that and go, oh, well, I didn't come here for the bottled water. You got it from the grocery. I'm not hurt by that. It costs a dollar. Sure. Yeah, but I did come here for the fresh baked freaking right. pastries. Right. Yeah, that you apparently just bought down the street that I could just buy. That's not an experience. Yeah, I didn't get I up mean, and go to the I, farmers market. It is you an experience. I mean? You went to the ex- experience. You went to get to the experience of the farmers market, and you got it. I visited yeah. some friends in Ireland many years ago, and they had sort of a large hill. I'll call it. It's not enough to be a mountain, but tall place near where they lived in the west of Ireland. And they said there was some sort of annual event where people would come to hike up the hill and that all the locals would go and take bottles plastic bottles and fill them with tap water and then seal them shut (laughs) and then sell them as authentic spring water from the spring near the hill for the tourists to then hike up the mountain and then they'd all pay an enormous amount for the bottles of spring water so like that i think that's straight up fraud. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's just straight up fraud. Yeah. I thought you were going to side on the locals there for yeah, a minute. No, but <laughs> it's a local tradition, also. But, but I think there were there's a lot of uh, I don't know. There's a lot of attitude that that's like clever, and well, it's their fault for being so gullible. Uh, shrewd, shrewd, shrewd. Right? Yeah. Yes, you'd say that's shrewd on the locals' part. Yeah, and they really con those stupid tourists. <laughs> Wait, that was us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you let me taste the pastry, I'll. I'll weigh in on if it was worth it or not. <laughs> oh, I if the even... pastry's really good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then all sins are forgiven. <laughs> well, I mean, pastries are pretty good around here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I, I actually don't. I, I couldn't even tell you this guy's name if I wanted to. I don't remember it. Yeah. So he's safe. <laughs> are we ready for another topic? Sure. Uh, for this topic, we're going to be reading this poem, "The Light That Shines When Things End." This is actually like I think it's an excerpt from a book. I just saw. A a screenshot of this text on Tumblr, and I'm going to read it, and then we can discuss it as if it's a poem. (laughs) I hope that in the future they invent a small golden light that follows you everywhere, and when something is about to end, it shines brightly, so you know it's about to end. And if you're never going to see someone again, it'll shine brightly, and both of you can be polite and say, it was nice to have you in my life while I did. Good luck with everything that happens after now. And maybe if you're never going to eat at the same restaurant again, it'll shine, and you can order everything off off the menu you've never tried. Maybe if someone's about to buy your car, the light will shine and you can take it for one last spin. Maybe if you're with a group of friends who will never be together again, all your lights will shine at the same time and you'll know. And then you can hold each other and whisper, this was so good. Oh my God, this was so good. Well, gosh, Jim, I didn't know you were going to make us cry tonight. (laughs) 
if this light were a thing, I would be definitely trying to figure out how can I fuck this light up? How can I like make it so the light is a liar? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to abuse the light so that you'll get more favors from other people? I mean, the idea? at least <laughs> in, until like my mid thirties, I would be doing that. <laughs> After that, I would be like, okay, now I st- now I get to start thinking about death and loss and then take the light seriously for, for the wonderful thing that it is, the gift to us. I don't uh, know if it's a gift. No? I'm going to argue it's not a gift. You think it's a curse? You think? Yeah. You- would you would you put a lampshade on your light? For for one thing, it's an idealized <laughs> it's an idealized idea that people are going to respond to this in a positive way by going, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to treasure this. Let me give you a hug." Instead of fixating on the fact that it's the last time you'll see them, and then maybe ruining an otherwise amazing moment. That's, right. The light the light is what caused the friendship to end. Right. Right. The light is what caused, I mean, oh. my daughter has a habit that makes me crazy. Like she, she likes to pause shows like the movies on Netflix. Cause she wants to see how close to the end we are because that tells <laughs> yeah. her something about the plot. Yeah. Well, that's very smart. Is this all going to wrap up really quick or is there time for them to sort out all these yeah, problems? It, it turns out this is a two part episode right? Oh, to be continued. <laughs> so I don't, but I don't think that knowledge is good. Like it makes me crazy when she does it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know if the show's almost over or if they have the time to sort it out. I don't want to know that this is the last moment I'm going to see someone. Yeah. I mean, I think you could say, you know, that's a carpe diem kind of mindset, right? You should be that way. You should cherish each day. Just wait, (laughs) wait to be (laughs) nice to people when their light finally shines. I have to worry about it before then. (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, like you're, you're, you're late. Yeah. You, you kind of just take it easy. And then you see them with the light shining. You're like, oh, I should probably get up. Okay. I'll go over there and talk to them. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Like, right. as opposed to trying to treat everything as a good day and, you know, a wonderful blessing every time you wake up. Probably the better way to go about things. Or you could just game it like Jim wants to. <laughs> yeah, just use it to mess with people. Try to figure out how much money I can make from this light. <laughs> but you'd have to keep moving because people would figure it out otherwise they'd be like hey i'm oh, seeing right. you again and that light it all the time. what is even happening <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny we, we we used to talk some friends and i used to talk about a concept similar but different of it like a death clock you just see the number above their head uh, that <laughs> just counts down till they die and, yeah you know similar but different like and just i think it's pretty awful to think about <laughs> I, I would also like to see like if this light were a thing, like how would filmmakers use it as in dramatic ways? Oh, yeah. Well, every Disney film, every Disney film <laughs> at the teary moment, the light goes on and the music swells. Yeah. <laughs> what happens to Barbie, uh, um, Bambi's mom? The light goes like, on and then the camera cuts away. Just for a moment. And then and he's like, what? Yeah. And then bam. <laughs> <laughs> it's just on for a moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm just imagining like a, a scene from No Country from Old Men. Where like <laughs> the antagonist whose name I can't pronounce, yeah. they're he's staring at at somebody. The light goes on, and they both look at it, mm-hmm. or like the, <laughs> right, and then the camera right. cuts. Yeah, you're getting into like a Minority Report kind of uh, precog kind of murder situation. See, I, I see like a Clint Eastwood moment. Like he's looking at someone, and then. The light goes on. And he goes, well, I guess it's your time now, right? Ooh, <laughs> and you just... get some good. Okay, I might be in it for the one-liners. <laughs> If, <laughs> fine, go ahead, Jim. Make this thing possible so we can have some fun one-liners in movies. 
looks like your lights up you know your lights on <laughs> one problem with it would be that like it would just go on all it would just be on all the time while you were like walking down a city street because you're never going to see any of these people again Mm-hmm. It'd be like yes. ding, 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 ding. Stop. I'm Just... assuming there's a bell too, I guess. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah. a bell. The bell would be really annoying. <laughs> you're trying to enjoy the moment, but there's a bell. In your life, Ooga. find the settings, open preferences, <laughs> check notifications, and turn off bell sound. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would be like the it would be the eep noise from, from like <laughs> Mac OS, whatever. <laughs> Yes. Please. Yeah. What if you were never going to see this person again, but it was the most annoying glare and an <laughs> eep sound, and it just sort of ruined any last moment yeah. you had with this person? This is a bad mm-hmm. poem to do as a poem because it's really more. It's just any other topic we could have done. Like it, it's a, <laughs> this. This this premise is more like just a regular topic. And were, we're we supposed to about get, the... be poetic then? Or what was the point of this poem? <laughs> well, so here's the th- like I've been doing this segment on the show for over a year now of like. I wanted to, you know, know more, learn more about poetry and how to analyze poetry and think about poetry. So we just started doing like wow. a poem every show. We would read it and then discuss it. And sometimes I'll see a thing, you know, see something. I'll be like, that's like a poem. I'll do that as a poem. Mm-hmm. And sure. what I didn't realize oh. was that this is just, this is just a topic. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a, it felt like a poem when you read it. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to disagree. I don't think that was a good poem, man. <laughs> I think that was like. A shower thought, which I think <laughs> I think you should like, you know, find some Lord Byron or get some real poetry in here. If you really are true to yourself and want to do poetry. Have we done any Byron yet? I'm not sure. Because because this is like amateur hour. It sounded really, you know, you get some E.E. E. Cummings or I don't know what, but do something real. Yeah, we, we've definitely done some E.E. E. Cummings. But those are poems. We did real poems. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to help you make your best show because you're the one complaining about the show. For sure, I, and I appreciate that. I, I'm just trying to give you like a sense of the breadth. We did like we did Data's poem about the cat from Star Trek. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I try to keep a good balance of like this is a good joke poem versus this is a real like literary poem. Okay, fine. Well, then file this under joke poem. Then okay. how's that? That's and then maybe fine. you can, you know, uh, reconcile the show and the problems therein. That's right. Are we ready for another topic? <laughs> sure. Leslie, your topic is a wild takahe have been reintroduced into the mountains of New Zealand. How did I do on that pronunciation? That, that's good. That's good. Takahe are really actually very interesting. And not just they did get reintroduced. So last month they got reintroduced back into the wild again, uh, but. What's more interesting is that they were originally thought extinct, and this explorer thought he found signs of them up on the South Island, up in the mountains, and he started going exploring, like, up in these valleys looking for them because he he swore he had heard one, and then he found, like, signs that there had been these birds, which, by the way, if if you don't know these birds, you should Google them because they look like giant Muppets. So let, let's clarify that. They look like giant mm. blue Muppets, right? And uh, cool. <laughs> and so is, well. he went looking and he found, sure enough, there was one very small population in this very isolated valley towards the top of this mountain, like in New Zealand. And so then they decide, okay, we have to, we have to bring them back because they're too close to extinction. There's only a few left. And they decide the best way to do this was it would be too, tr- the only way to this valley uh, like was either on foot climbing up the mountain or I think they maybe had a seaplane in later 
maybe at the time they only were on foot, but they decided we can't bring the birds down. It's just too stressful for them. If we try to take the birds out, they'll just panic and die. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the the eggs and we're going to take the eggs and we'll take them down to an incubation center and raise them and raise a population. But we can't get the eggs down unless we can keep them warm. And this was quite a long time ago. So I want to say it was the 40s, but it might be earlier. I may be mistaken there. So they decide, okay, the best way to keep the eggs warm is to have chickens sit on them. But we're going to carry them down a mountain. So the chickens need to be sitting on the eggs on top of backpacks that are being carried down a mountain by people. So they were like, well, where do we find chickens that are going to, to do this? So they had like this chicken competition, right? Like where they made obstacle courses and things for the chickens to see which ones were the best ones <laughs> staying on eggs, no matter what terrible things happened to them. And like one of the big winners was this one chicken who had been bouncing with a bunch of chickens on top of eggs in the back of a pickup truck and then fell out of the pickup truck with the nest, rolled and landed upright still on the egg. And they were like, okay, you're a winner. Like, I- I've always felt like this should be made into a Disney film because they'd have the whole montage. That's pretty great, yeah. Yeah, and they they tra- they got all these chickens. And then, so they finally got these chickens that could manage adverse conditions and hauled them up a mountain and put eggs in the backpack and put the chickens on them, and they hauled them back down again. And that was how they, they and then they hatched the birds. And then they started um, feeding them with puppets and things so that they would think, they were being raised by other Takahei and they built up the population. And this has been going on for like, I don't know, 80 years or something, 70, 80 years. Yeah. And now, finally, after all of that, last month, they reintroduced them to the wild. That's amazing. Yeah. That, no, after it's 80 cool. years of a breeding program. Yeah. It might be less, but I, but they definitely, I mean, I would say they got them down no later than the 60s. That's a long game. That's like a generation ship. Like yeah. someone yeah. <laughs> someone started this project. But like for my grand, birds. My grandchildren yeah. are going to reintroduce these birds back into the wild. Yeah. The guy who discovered them, he actually lived till he was 98 and he died in was it, the early 2000s, maybe 2007 or so. But yeah, it was it was just kind of nice to see that they've been reintroduced back and they're actually trying to because I don't know how much attention anyone's paid to New Zealand, but New Zealand's problem is that like they had all these birds that don't fly, including the Takahe, who who I went to go see. Like I actually like these so much that I hmm. I I dragged my husband on their honeymoon <laughs> to an obscure island off the coast of New Zealand <laughs> and went, we're going to see these birds. <laughs> and they were there because there was a very small population of them on this island. Like it's it's pretty amazing. They brought them back, but they've been killing the predators on the mainland that got introduced because there were no natural predators before that. Right. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm ready. I'm ready for the Disney movie. Do we just call it Takahe? Yeah. I you call it Takahe. Like that's yeah. the name, right? That's a pretty good Takahe. Yeah. I, I'm I'm getting like a cool runnings kind of feel out of the this, <laughs> that's right. It's such a like a crazy story and it's so dis you know distant and uh, and all this stuff to go through to do the whole thing. That's right. It's like the underdog kind of thing. And then in the end. Right. See, but now you can have a happy ending to the movie. So now it's time to, for Disney to do it. Well, and But the Disney won't mention that the, the guy actually died. No. Like in the movie, he gets to see it happen, right? They can. They they When they do a guy dying, because he died of old age, mm. they show them as an older person still alive, like enjoying the, the program or something. And then at the end, they just put up the text. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like his portrait, like a photograph in a frame. They could do a photograph next to the And then the bird walks by it. Oh, like there you go. Or something. <laughs> kisses. Yeah. It pecks at it. Pecks at it and then knocks it over. <laughs> they they eat like seed grass seeds, the birds. So yeah. So you put like grass seeds on the Maybe photo. They just put in the grass and it's just attack. Yeah. And they're big. I should I should add they're they're really pretty they're big. big. They're like yeah. knee height or so at least. So the birds are walking around eating the grass, and when the camera pulls back, it's his grave. <laughs> it's on his grave. <laughs> exactly. And the music the swells. Way, the way he the light it goes to be. on when yeah. he sees the Takahe, the Takahe's yeah, light goes on. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. How big are these? Are they as big as a chicken or they're bigger than a chicken? I'd say they're about knee height. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They look like big blue muppets, big red that's, beaks, big red legs. Yeah. That's, that's and really they cool. can't yeah. fly. I'm, I've got a Google image search app, but these are very amusing looking birds. <laughs> I'm going to ask a really Midwestern kind of thing. Do they taste good? Well, apparently, yes. <laughs> I actually have read about okay. people who, who ate them before they were thought to be extinct. And they said they tasted really good, which is not a reason anyone should hunt them down now. Yeah, I was going to say, they ate them before they learned they were extinct? That's amazing. Well, well they they hadn't they hadn't gone ex- like they hadn't been declared extinct. They never went extinct, but they, they hadn't been declared oh, extinct they yet. They close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People thought, yeah. oh, it's still fine to eat these because whatever. Yeah, because whatever. Which is what people think about most most birds is right. Like, how does it taste? I mean, <laughs> I, I immediately wonder, okay, is the meat blue? Like the fifth <laughs> but... would the meat be blue. I don't know. There's chickens. <laughs> the, their meat's black. There's like specialty chickens that have like weird co- cut open cookie monster. Is he blue inside? <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> That'd be fraud if not. Yeah. <laughs> As advertised, oh man, I want to see that kind of cookie in the window, like slices of cookie monster leg or something. It's blue, icing. Does he taste like cookies? If I had a pastry shop and it's Halloween time, then you sell like slices of cookie monster's leg, but they're cute. And there's like a little icing bone, you know, in it. And and there's, and it tastes, I just don't know how blue tastes. What does blue taste like? Blueberry? Blue cake frosting? Blue raspberry. Could taste blue like blue raspberry. That's not a thing. There's no blue raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, no, it is. It's like grape flavor, right? Grape flavor doesn't taste like grapes. It tastes like grape flavor. Grape flavor. <laughs> Man, that makes me angry. Yeah, blue frosting. Sugar. It tastes like sugar. Right, I'll go with that. And that same poor mom who went pumpkin picking with her toddlers <laughs> now gets to the window with the cookie monster leg and they're just sobbing. <laughs> but he's like, he's sculpted out of pastry and icing and he's holding <laughs> his leg and it's come to, you know, it's cut off as a stump. But then there's like little cookies laid out that are his leg chopped up and you can buy those cookies. <laughs> this store would rule. It would be awesome. It would have a we very should open this pastry shop. Very specialized clientele. People would love it. I would I would eat cookie monster cake every day. <laughs> yes. Now I want to make a cookie monster cake. He would want yeah. it this way, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. He'd probably appreciate it on some level. <laughs> yeah, kind of invented, but. Would he say it's a living like the Flintstones bird? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm willing to use that catch like catchphrase anywhere. By the way, it doesn't matter. I just yeah, love it so no, much. like any shrugs or shoulders and <laughs> any like dead animal that you eat. There should be like a voice box in there, like as soon like as you're cutting the, <laughs> as you're butchering the chicken, it's a living. That might make me go more vegetarian. By the way, I might consider that <laughs> Cookie Monster eating Cookie Monster makes me think of um Spaceballs, where there's like Pizza the Hut, and the guys oh, are like, sure. oh, oh, Pizza, you taste delicious. 
It's a living. It's a... <laughs> that could make me turn. Yeah, man. I could go for vegetables more. I eat a lot of vegetables just for the record, but not at that point. If everything talked to me before I had to eat it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think of the hitchhiker's guide or the restaurant, the end of the universe. Had the cow <laughs> yeah. came around to talk to you yes. about yes. how he was tasty. Are we, uh, are we ready for another topic? Sure. Uh, Nathan, your topic is how are, how are we feeling about Boston robotics advancements? Do we welcome our new robot overlords or not? So you're going to have to tell us about these new advancements because I I remember the one that sounded like bees and I think they have new ones since then. What's the bees? What? <laughs> the, what the, are you talking about? The big dog like <laughs> sounded like a swarm of bees. Why did they do that? I don't remember That's the terrifying. Part. I know about big dog I, mean, but... I think it was I don't I don't think they had that a speaker on there to make it sound like bees. I think it was just the sound <laughs> of the motors. Oh man, that already writes itself as like a really good sci-fi story. You know what I mean? The guy's running down the street and slips and the it's been raining and he's tr- and he hears the bees. <laughs> he's up against the wall and he hears the bees coming, man. That would be an excellent start to a movie. Yeah, that's you're like, why is he running from bees? I'm pretty you sure know? that's a black black mirror black episode. mirror episode for sure. I think um the last peep I heard from Boston Robotics, it was doing that dystopian sci-fi thing where they're making videos now for their robots and they're feeling so it's so odd the way they're presenting this stuff. Are they still owned by Google? Do you know? Oh, I, I actually don't know that. That's a good question. <laughs> but the way they're presenting this stuff is got a lot of, got a real, um, are you not entertained kind of attitude to it uh-huh. where it's now they're making the robots do all this stupid stuff. And I'm like, mm. you guys are the, the, like one of the top, the highest in most uh, highest profile robotics companies and you're goofing around like you do not have to do this stupid stuff to impress us show us like serious robots that's the thing i I actually think that that's a a marketing tactic to make people be like less terrified of this whole concept (laughs) that's what makes me more terrified because i can see it Uh it feels like that it feels very much like a don't be worried kids the robots are going to be, look, the robots are fun. That's yeah. what it feels uh-huh. like. It does not feel like they're doing it. Let me just, I'll just say they don't, they're not doing a good job because they, it feels really creepy the way they're it's doing things. It's even creepier like, that way. It's even creepier. <laughs> like if they were just serious about it and laid it on the line and it said, look, humanity's kind of over because the robots are pretty freaking <laughs> awesome at this point. Then I would just feel a little bit more certain of it. Right now, it, I got, it just feels uneasy when you see things you're like, what am I supposed to infer from this? Because we're not stupid. And um, the robot's jumping around and doing bat flips and like singing songs and break dancing. It's like, are you making a Target commercial? Are you explaining to me how the robots are doing? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. It just freaks me out. I guess I'll just say that. I worked on a robot. Um, I spent a few years working on a um, child companion robot. You can oh. look it up. It's called Moxie. M-O-X-I-E. It's a good name. Yeah. I guess after my experience with Moxie, I no longer feared robot overlords. <laughs> it was just so easy for anything to go off the rails. Like, so easy. That's interesting. That's a good perspective. That I stopped being concerned. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, like, well, but how much of that do you think is that this is like a consumer product versus like, this is a like an industrial grade product where the, that costs millions of dollars each to manufacture? Oh, I have, I have no doubt that they are of a far, far, far higher quality bar, right? And they're semi-reliable, but I, I just feel like there's still probably so many ways to yeah. break them still. 
Yeah, it might be uh, like an LLM situation where like the only reason we don't know how bad these robots are at everything is that we don't have, you know, millions of people playing with them at home. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that makes me feel a little better. Boston Dynamics is owned currently owned by Hyundai. Mm, that's weird. That's very weird. <laughs> Their most um well, I don't know about most recent, but in in 2016 they made a a uh, a dog named Spot, and they're yeah. selling them to the general public for $75,000. They were trying to make consumer dogs. And there's an SDK. <laughs> so you, can, you can make your own killer dog. Remember the Ibo? Ibo before oh, yeah. the yeah. Sony dog you could get. I think that was more like 10000 right? I know. 75 is a 10, lot. 10000 Was it that much? Still, that's pretty crazy. Dan had one, Nathan. Really? Yeah, he had an eyeball. That's funny. I remember he brought it into work at some point. Oh, I don't remember that. That's funny. Okay. According to this, it's uh, the eyeball was only twenty five hundred. That sounds more reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Still, I don't know what to think of it all. It's just, I think it's just when I saw that, it just weirded me out from the the quasi funny kind of videos they were trying to put out. Consider when I think about everything, I like people to kind of do what they're good at or be sincere somehow or play their role. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like they're not acting their age almost, you know, behave. Like you guys have a really awesome job. You're making these amazing robots. Like show us something technical, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, when they're back, robots do backflips. I think that's really, really cool considering how hard it is to make anything bipedal and want to stand mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So if it actually did a, a slam dunk on a basketball goal, goal or something like that, or like jumped off a wall and then did it, that would be pretty insane. But the, the recent ones are just sort of kitty, And maybe it's like you said, they're just trying to appeal to kids, but. Well, I think it's just like, why are they making consumer ones? I, see, that scares me. Like makes me think that they're running out of money or something at that point. Like why is there, you know, that consumer division? Oh, this is actually predated Hyundai. The Hyundai purchase is like 2000, 2021. Um, I was just going to say, though, like if they're owned by, a, you know, Hyundai like sells products to consumers, maybe this is part of their business is they're trying to like see if we can sell these robots to people. I don't want anyone to own the big dog. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. those are crazy powerful. It's too too loud, too scary. Yeah. Too many bees. Yeah. I, they should I, just own bees. That's right. <laughs> we should get more bees around. Yes. Robotic bees. <laughs> That see that would be helpful. Yeah, put it put put them on that. You know what I mean. Don't make the dancing singing robots. We've got people that can do that. Let's get get on this bee problem. Pollinate flowers. We also we also have people who can pollinate. Like you just use a paintbrush. That's but the bees are so good at it. Come That's on, true. Like, yeah. Let's just let them. The bees like it. The flowers like it. We like the honey. It's it's a win win. It is. It's win 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 for everybody. Yeah. Should get them back out there. More bees. more Fill the world with bees. More bees, man. I'm always advocating. <laughs> if it's empty, fill it with bees. <laughs> just bees everywhere. Now I'm getting into that Oprah Oprah meme where she's screaming bees. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of old memes. Yeah, those, yeah. Those are my old memes. That's a classic. I, I mean, my, my kid's name is Winston. Winston is a name that, like, it, I think it's just past the edge where, like, People no longer consider it to be an old man's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, classic ga- names are coming back, right? Mm. The grand grandparent names come back. 
they come back cyclically mm-hmm. because like people are like, oh yeah, I didn't grow up with an old person in my life named Winston. He's so <laughs> old. The name's so old. They don't even know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's just, it's yes. just beautiful again. Yeah. Like that, that meme, like the, the I can has cheeseburger or like, or like bees for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like those have to come back at They'll some come point. Back. <laughs> okay. So here's a meme that I think it's funny. It's, um, it, it services itself. But I like it a lot. It's the Star Wars meme where they say, uh, it's an old meme, sir, but it still checks out. Oh, yeah. Like uh-huh. <laughs> right when they're <laughs> checking their signals to get into the Death Star. Yeah. That one like fixes itself. It solves its own problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's self-referential. Yeah. Know? No, that one, that one will never age. I, I basically need that meme on a shirt anytime I talk to kids, just so they kind of get it. Just like, oh, he's an old person. <laughs> uh, okay, yes, yes. Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, Star, Star Wars, I remember that. Yeah, my kids have gotten to a point where they can serve Star Wars a bit passe. So, yeah, yeah Star Wars. Star Wars, it's like 50 years old. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Although my older kid likes Star Trek. Oh, And man. she dressed up as, she dressed up as like Spock for Halloween one year. That's awesome. And basically... None of her friends knew who she was. <laughs> oh, only older people who answered doors knew who she was. Hey, and they were she, knows, she knows who buys candy. That's right. People exactly. buy candy. The old people buy candy. Yes. <laughs> they're it's like, true. I get yeah. that costume. Here's a bigger candy bar. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Uh, Leslie, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Oh. You, you don't have to. It's okay <laughs> if you don't want people to find you. Pop around. You could. I guess look for me on Twitter X, but I try to avoid that place now because yeah. it seems to be. Would you Would you like an invite to the Topic Lords Discord? <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? All right, I'll, I'll I'll pass one along so perhaps people can find you in there. And uh, Nathan, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I am Mommy's Best Games. I am still on Twitter because I have games to sell, and Twitter's awful, but I'm there. Um, <laughs> but I'm also um, on discord and facebook and youtube and i started one on blue sky and i haven't checked it so yeah yeah mommy's best games i got a blue sky invite just to the domain squat my name yeah and then i uh immediately accidentally closed the window of my password safe that's that my blue sky login so i like as soon as this cookie expires i'll never be able to log in again and i'm fine with that okay you don't want to log in again I like Blue Sky. I am on Blue Sky. I yeah. like it there. There you go. If I could just take everybody from Twitter and move us over there, I would do it because yeah. it's like, oh, I mean, if you get to pick where you put people, don't put them there. <laughs> well, I mean, I just like the openness of those mm-hmm. systems. Like, you know, Discord's fine, but I, I kind of like an openness where like everyone's yeah. talking all the time about cool stuff. Like, I would, I would just never choose like another tech company to run. Uh, our 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 discourse. What are you talking about, Jim? What <laughs> Blabble Block is the new hot place? It'll be fine. It couldn't possibly go wrong in five to ten years. The previous twelve went down, but this one, <laughs> this one, it'll, it'll work be... for us. <laughs> it's gonna work. Uh, find me on Mastodon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being on. Thank hey, you. It was a pleasure, man. Thanks. It's good talking to you guys. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good to see you. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. 
If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. And you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.